Hi, this is Ann Cavero with another episode of Speeding Past 80. And my guest this morning is Glennis Nellist, and she is a children's author who's written more than 30 books. I think yeah. 35 now, 35 or 36 or anyway, they are wonderful. And each of her books bears a sense of joy and peace and God's love. And I think that's why I love her books. Welcome, Glennis. I'm so glad you could join me again. And I want to talk about a couple of your new books today, too. So welcome. Thank you so much, Anne. It's always a joy to chat with you. Well, (laughs) we can talk about any of your books that you'd like, but I am especially interested in talking about Little Mole Gives Thanks, because this is the few weeks before Thanksgiving, and I can't think of anything nicer than having a book to read to a child on Thanksgiving Day that gives a sense of peace and understanding and what's really important. And then the second book is Read and Rhyme, The First Christmas. And um, I just enjoyed this so much because the illustrations are happy, but there's also a sense of, isn't this a celebration? Isn't this a moment of joy that Christ is born? So. Maybe we can start with Little Mole Gives Thanks first. It's by Glennis Nellist and illustrated by Sally Garland. Now, this is the fourth book in the series of Little Mole. And could you just mention the other three books briefly? Oh, I will. And thanks so much for asking. Yes, as you say, Little Mole Gives Thanks is the fourth book in the Little Mole series. I don't know how it became a series of four, but that's, you know, a wonderful blessing for me. They are published by Beaming Books, and all of them have the same illustrator who you mentioned, Sally Garland. And the first book is called Little Mole Finds Hope, and it's about this little mole who lives with his mama in the darkness underground, and he's looking for the light and for hope in the world. And do you know, Anne, it's amazing because... That book actually released in March of 2020 when our world went into darkness with COVID, you know. Yeah, and at the time I thought, what a terrible time to release a book, you know, because I couldn't do any of my book events or school visits. But actually the message of that there is always hope, even in the darkest place, was the perfect time for that book. Um, So that one is Little Mole Finds Hope. And then the next one was called Little Mole's Christmas Gift, which is just a story, a simple story of sharing and kindness and generosity. The third book was Little Mole Goes to School when he is reluctant to go and worried that he's not good at anything, but he finds out what he's good at and uses his gifts to help others. And so, yes, that brings us to Little Mole Gives Thanks, which released just in August. And, yeah, I know you mentioned Thanksgiving, and so although I do think it's the perfect book for Thanksgiving, I also think it's just a gentle tale that 
would be appropriate any time of year. You know, I'm, I'm from England and so we don't celebrate Thanksgiving in England. And so I don't want any of my uh, British family to think that this story wouldn't apply to them. Because I think it's just, as you said, it's a story that reminds children and the adults who read it of who is important. Yes. which is mainly your friends and your family. And that's really what it's about. It's about celebrating our friends and family and what really matters in life. You know, that's what I really did appreciate about this because our children are given uh, so many false images of this person is important or this person is important. And uh, they forget that the people we have close to us who love us are the ones who really make a difference in our lives. And so I really like that message. And I really liked the foods. They were wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't like pine cone? Is it pies? Pine cone? Yes. <laughs> I had fun making up some of those Um Feast food. So for your listeners, a, a little brief synopsis is that little mole is excited because he's making this fancy forest feast. Yes. And um, and as you said, he's preparing all these delicious dishes that he makes with mama. So he makes pinecorn pie and um, acorn stew and mushroom soup and there's blackberry juice and strawberry sauce and things like that for the table. Um, so, yes, it all looks very festive and, and fun to eat. But so Little Mole has this great idea and he's going to invite three very, very important guests because he wants to impress them. And so he's got reserve signs on the three best seats. But unfortunately, as, as it happens, Principal Porcupine and Firefighter Fox and Mayor Moose all have excuses and they can't attend. and. Um, so after his initial disappointment, he has these lovely friends who gather around him and give him a hug and say, we're so sorry your important people couldn't come. And that's the point that he realizes, do you know what? Who's more important? You know, the principal or my best friend here? And so your listeners might have gathered now, if they are familiar with their Bibles, that it's just really... um a retelling of the parable of the great banquet and how everyone is welcome to God's table, you know. So little more, although these books are not really religious, they don't mention God, they don't mention Jesus, but God and Jesus and the Bible can be found really um, within all of these books. Well, I wondered if that was a conscious retelling. And of course, I thought of that. And I think that is a wonderful way to introduce children to what God's all about. And it is about including everyone. It is about uh, knowing who is really important. It's not these people out there you see on TV. You know, they're, they may be important to their families, but we don't know them. You know, you know the people closest to you. And I liked at the end that you give directions on how to plan your own forest feast. So, oh, yes, invite I know. children to do this. Oh, well, thank you, Anne, for pointing that out. Yes, I had a lot of fun with that too. 
Um, so as you say in the back of the book, there are little instructions for how you might plan your own fancy forest feast, even if you don't live in a forest, you know. So it talks about where you could do that in your backyard or your living room or a local park and when you want to do it, who you want to invite and how you might do that. So there's little recipe ideas and ideas for making placemats and how to decorate your space. And so I just thought that was a fun way to extend the story and invite children to plan their own fun feast. And so and on my website, which is just glennisnellis.com, there are free resources and this idea is expanded in the free activity pack that anyone can just download. And so that includes templates for invitations and placemats. And there are other things too, like coloring sheets, you know, for kids to enjoy. So I really hope that some children will do that and maybe send me pictures. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be wonderful. And that brings to mind another thing that you have, and I just enjoy it so much. It's a peek at lovely things. And this is... Yeah, you're talking about my monthly newsletter. I yeah. used to do it weekly, but I couldn't quite manage it, you know, because I'm so busy. But So now it's a monthly peek at lovely things. Yes, it's called Links to Lovely Things. And it's just, I don't know, about eight links that interested people can follow i feature new book releases every month not just mine but you know i like to support other authors and so yeah and i hope to inspire parents and tips for children's ministry leaders so thanks for mentioning my newsletter now how can people get that can they go to your website and sign up for it yes yes again on glennisnellis.com there's a tab, I think it's under the contact tab, or I might have a separate one that says newsletter, but it's. I think it's pretty easy to find, yes. I have enjoyed that very much, and I also enjoyed Read and Rhyme. First <laughs> Christmas. Um, the thing I, first of all, the illustrations, again, are just lovely, but it is so clever that the child can participate in this story because at the end of every rhyme, like now Mary was lying asleep in her bed when an angel flew down and quietly, and there's a little kitty cat in a tab and you lift the tab and there's the last word said. <laughs> and each of the rhyming couplets, I don't know enough about poetry to say if they're couplets or not. <laughs> That's right. Ends with a word and I can see this book being read over and over in the children delighting and being able to help read by picking up the tab and after a while they will be reading those words mm -hmm. now is this a lovely retelling of the christmas story but this is an invitation to children to read for themselves did you do that on purpose i absolutely did yes so <laughs> i in my previous life you know before i became an author i was a teacher in england so i taught you know, first grade, kindergarten, first grade in England. And, and then later on, I was a reading specialist. And so this is my first book that I've really been able to sort of integrate early literacy skills with telling the Christmas story. And so um, 
the ability to hear and produce and identify rhyming words is a really key literacy skill for young readers. And so it was just such a fun uh, way to tell the old story. You know, that kind of fascinates me too, Anne, that there are a plethora of Christmas board books. This is a board book, as you said, it's quite chunky pages for little readers, but there are so many board books and picture books that tell this Christmas story, but they all do it in different ways. And um, so to be able to use my love of rhyme and to encourage these early literacy skills, yeah, it was, um, it's just a huge blessing for me and I'm so excited and I, and I hope that families will enjoy it so I was able to use many of the early sight words you know under the flaps such as said or one you know those words that are hard to decode phonetically and so yeah I really hope that teachers will find it useful and parents and, and they'll have fun while learning to read. Well it's a very simple beautiful read and then I went through it one time to see how many elements of the Christmas story were included. Every single element from the Annunciation to the arrival of the wise men, every element was included. And the language is so simple and beautiful. It's lovely. Oh, thank you so much, Anne. Yeah. Well, I know that some um, some people, they're a bit bothered by the arrival of the three kings because you know really we know that they didn't arrive to that little stable or cave or whatever it was we know historians know that probably a couple of years at least passed until their arrival but there's still such a, a wonderful part of the Christmas story for children and so um, I just wrote it this way and three kings rode in on their camels one day they followed a star which showed them their way way yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so I didn't you know I didn't really say that they came to the stable but just one day they arrived and so I think that's an acceptable way to do it I think it's just fine and they can the children can learn later that there was time in between the birth and when the wise men actually got there Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, they're both lovely. And there is one other thing I wanted to talk to you about, because I saw on my Facebook page that you're making a lot of visits. Um, I think you were in Illinois these last few days. Yes. And you look like you have such a good time. And there are always lots of children at your visits. Most of the time, I think you have yeah. time there. I wonder what you think we can give our children today I know faith is key and I believe that too it's like we have a generation without an anchor if they have no faith mm -hmm. but what what do you hear from children what do you hear that they're concerned about what do you hear that makes you think uh oh yes our children need this or our children need that can you address mm -hmm. that for just a moment or two Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Well, Anne, our children are growing up in a very different world to the one we grew up in, aren't they? You know, it's a, it's a hard world in, in many ways for little ones. There's, I think there's a lot of anxiety now. 
mm-hmm. for children about all kinds of things, whether it's school or being bullied or not fitting in or feeling different or maybe they're growing up in a blended family, you know, where parents are separated. And there are just lots of hard things for children out there. And so I think as children's authors and especially authors of faith, wherever we can encourage children and reassure them that no matter what they're going through, God is always with them. I think that's a really important message that we can convey to little ones. Not that God can take everything away um, and make everything wonderful, but that they're never alone, I think, is the, the first very important thing. And then also through my books, whether there is reference to God or Jesus or the Bible or there isn't, just to know that they are loved, I think, is so important that that there is a God who loves them no matter what, no matter what they look like, you know, or sound like or feel like um, or whatever they're trying to figure out in their little lives, that God is with them and God loves them. I, I think those are the two key things that, especially as a Christian author, I want children to take away from my words. That's beautiful. And I agree wholeheartedly that they're not alone and that they're loved far more than they can begin to understand. Well, Glennis, I have enjoyed our conversation so much. I would encourage uh, listeners to get your books, grandparents, parents. These are the books our kids need to have to give them the reassurance that they are loved and that God is with them. Glennis, thank you so much for joining me again. I really appreciate your company. Well, uh, like I said at the beginning, it's, it really is a joy to chat with you, Anne, and uh, thanks so much for spending time with me. This is Ann Cabero with Speeding Past 80. Uh, thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you again next week.